Welcome to another episode of In Space. I'm your host, Chris Connor. Below me, got my dog Lito with the caca in the back of him. Caca! <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, the caca the is something else in Spanish. I ain't mean to do that. The caca in the back. That's crazy. But to help fix this, we got um, one of my favorite followers on Twitter, uh, really uh, a teacher of the game, coach of the game, um, you know, big on big on development, big on balance and conversations. One of the earlier people that, that I remember joining the spaces and really help educating people that, you know, maybe um, don't know as much about basketball as they think, you know what I'm saying? So we got coach Mike Cyprian. What up, dog? Nothing much, man. Glad to be here. I'm glad to see y'all boys flourishing in, in this, in this, in this lane in the city. Pretty dope. Appreciate that. Appreciate it, dog. Cause you next. <laughs> One way hey, man, I'm, I'm just happy to be here, baby. That's all. Straight up. Hold up, Chris, before you get started. Before you get started. Mike, go ahead and tell them what part of the city you're from, bro. Uptown, 13 Ward, baby. <laughs> all right, cool. All right. Jenna Street, right behind uh Our Lady of Lord. Oh man, you know I want to see the championship over there. No. At Harrell? No. Oh no, at Lord. Yeah. Lord. Yeah. Seven, yeah. Eighth grade. We were serious. Nah, man. Well, I'm a I'm a North kid. I'm a North kid, so Line Center. That's where I spent a lot of time hooping at at Line Center. And Coach Wayne and a lot of us came up in that, and then we went on to play high school ball against each other. Some of us played college, but the good thing is a lot of the dudes I hoop with, you know, they family men now. So it's dope seeing them. You know, some of the dudes I I was in the sandbox with, teaching their kids how to hoop stuff like that, and then you know, I'll circle back like Mike, man, when he getting when he start when he start walking and running and hooping, I'm gonna put him with you. I'm just hoping that I can keep up with him. When it comes to that point, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chris, I could tell a I could tell a quick story real quick about what? Mike, and then Mike might might not even know this story, but what? I remember this shit vividly. Man, Mike, I was a freshman in high school, I think, and we was hooping at Gurney Brown. Oh, Lord, Gurney Brown—that's the name for you. you. Know, you know, now you know, <laughs> you, you know, you know this story official. I'm telling you, it's Gurney Brown, right? So yes, summer, indeed, it was the summer, and I think all y'all boys, the whole, the whole. The whole part of the project, all y'all boys was in college. Y'all was going to Southeastern, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. What's your big man name? You know who I'm talking about. Harlem Globetrotter. Oh, Big uh, Nate. Big Nate. So, man, yeah. they got me guarding him. They got me guarding him, bro. I think, he, I think either he had just took y'all to the tournament or he was, or he was about to take y'all to the tournament. All right. Man, my... I ain't never felt so defenseless in my life, dog. I was, no, like, yeah. I was about 170 pounds. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. It don't even matter. It didn't even matter. Say, <laughs> bro, that man, say, Chris, dude was, say, Chris, when I tell you, he had, like, he was supposed to be in the NBA. Like, he was, he he had it all. Like, he was he was so gifted, but, like, yeah, Chris, he was in there smoking me. He rolled me. He put me in a pack. He sent me home, son. <laughs> I feel bad, man. There's some there's some dudes in the Southland Conference that he destroyed. So, and uh, and he, you know, immediately when Billy Kennedy was the coach at Southeastern at the time, and when I, him and Big Nate and my uncle, who was at Georgia Southern now, they got a good good relationship. And my uncle goes like, Mike, y'all about to get Big Nate. 
And all we was missing was a big man. That's all we needed was a big. And I was like, oh, it's, it's over with. And I'll never forget a uh, teammate of mine, Amir Abdurrahim. He's actually Sharif Abdurrahim's younger yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's coaching at Kennesaw State now. Amir, you, that dude had a smile from here back to Atlanta. All them boys from Atlanta. And he was like, I finally got a big man. I'm about to go do some damage. And sure enough, Nate get there and we get we win the regular season, but we lose in the uh the semis of the conference tournament. And uh the very next season, I think I never saw anybody work that hard. Um and I coached a lot of big men and I not no no big man ever coached work like Nate. Like Nate really worked like he he was still trying to make it out the melt, even though he had, you know, his path was already set yeah. for him to leave. Um and we went to the tournament the next season. What a team that wasn't as talented as the previous team. Right. But, you know, we walked in the gym and they saw Nate and they was like, this is going to be tough tonight. And the other 15 of us, we just that we had that same stuff in our DNA. So every that story, I it probably wasn't me because I know when Nate was in the city and he went around and who it was all them boys out the melt. Out the melt. The whole melt, yeah, he, dog. And it, it was crazy. It was crazy because like we was he. You know Nate, he a dog. So he, you yeah. know, he talking this shit to me. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I'm 14, dog. Like, <laughs> ain't much I could do with him. Like, I was coming down. Now I get my, I get my little. You know what I'm saying? But like, I, if we was, bro, if we was going to, if we was going to 15, he had 14. Like, I can believe that. Putting in work, and he really showed me like, yo, you're not working hard enough. And like after the game, like he talked to me. He told me what to do. Yeah. He, like, help me yep. work on. You know what I'm saying? Footwork and all this yep. other shit. So, like, every, anytime I see him, I shout out Nate. I love telling that story. Like, I ain't embarrassed about it because it's all, it's, you know what I'm saying? Working hard. Like, you got to, if you love the game, like, you put the craft in. That's that's why we, that's why you here. You know what I'm saying? Right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so if you guys aren't familiar um, with Coach Cyprian, um, former college coach, currently right now, you correct me if I'm wrong, um, Working with skill development, freelance yep. scouting, filmed on Live Founder, right? <laughs> uh, you know, mm -hmm. head tap Tuesdays. You know, you it, baby. Yeah. Yo, yo, man, walk us, walk us through. Um, you know, I mean, and you don't have to go through every single, I guess, detail, but walk us through your journey, uh, going into coaching college, um to now and what's your favorite part about it? What's your favorite part about being involved in not just coaching basketball, but, you know, being an influence, being, you know, uh, really diving in and teaching like young men mm -hmm. on, you know, how to get to whatever their next level is. It's not always like when people hear the next level, they always think it's, you know, for if you were in high school, it's the college, it's from college to the NBA. Right. But some of these kids, it may not be that next level. It just may mm -hmm. be whatever it is for them. Right. Um, Kind of walk us through that. So ironically, I didn't, I didn't have any intentions on coaching in college. Truthfully, I, I, I remember when, uh, matter of fact, when I was playing at Southeastern, Coach Kennedy at the time was like, Mike, you'd be a you'd be a real good coach. You sure you want to major in engineering? Like, you should, you know, they, you know, they want to try to make you get a degree in like general studies, something that'll keep you eligible and keep you on pace to graduate. And I was into architecture, oddly enough, 
uh, and him and my uncle were trying to convince me to change my major to coach. Mm -hmm. And I got my degree. I was a contractor out of college, making pretty good money. But, you know, we're all 1099 employees, so nothing is guaranteed when you're 1099. And I, I got the itch to coach. And my buddy, uh, Chris Reed, he coached Team Shockers, and he was like, hey, man, if you want to help me coach the AAU team, I got a spot for you. And that helped me scratch the itch to coach. And once I figured out, like, okay, I think this might be what I need to do. Sure enough, I circled back to Billy Kennedy. And I said, remember when you told me I should coach? And I said, no. Well, I, I think I'm trying to do that. And I did like a lot of people did when they want to get their foot in the door. Email everybody in the country. Hey, man, you got a GA spot. Hey, do you have a bottom assistant spot? Da, da, da. Sure enough, uh, my first job was Roger State University. And it wasn't my it wasn't me that got the job. The athletic director at the school worked at Oklahoma State with my uncle. And when he saw my name in an email, he called my aunt and was like, somebody named Mike Sipping is using your using Glenn, your husband, as a as a re as a uh, reference. Do you know him? And she was like, Yeah, that's my uncle. You need to hire him. And sure enough, I drove from from New Orleans all the way to freaking uh Claremore, Oklahoma, and interviewed for a job and got it the same weekend. And that was how I got in the in the college business um and then from there my the guy who i played for at southeastern needed an assistant and you know former co coaches hire former players all the time so that's how i got to the division one level and that's how i got back home um but probably around my fifth sixth year in college i mean coaching in college at that time i would have been at the juco level in kansas no, I'm sorry, the, the, the D2 level in Arkansas. My uncle was coaching, was working with the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm -hmm. And I was like two hours, two and a half hours away from Memphis where I was in Arkansas. And every time we had downtime, I'd drive and spend time with him, get to know them. That's how I met Darnell Lazar, who works with the Pelicans now. He's an assistant with them because they work together. Met him, met some other guys in the uh, skill development. And this is when I was like, I love player development. You know, I don't mind recruiting. I don't mind you know, scouting other teams, doing scout reports. But I think um, you build a relationship with players through getting in the trenches with them and, you know, investing in time with them. And that's that was where my love for skill development just kind of just blew. And when I decided that I didn't want to coach anymore, it was when, I, when my uncle was working in Memphis and I would watch their practices. And uh, I'd watch some of those, their, their player development guys do some stuff. And I just remember saying to myself, like, damn, so what I'm working on with our big men and our guards are right on par with what the NBA dudes are working with. So I was like, that was when I was like, this is probably what I need to be doing full time. And so I just tried to figure out a way to get myself back home to be able to do it at home. And uh, sure enough, the guy who gave me my first job, Justin Barkley, he's like, Mike, if you think about leaving the business and doing good development full time, at the time, I was offered a job back at Southeastern, and I didn't want to. I didn't know if I wanted to take it because I was done. I was like, I'm done coaching. Well, Justin goes, take the Southeastern job, mm. that puts you back home. And if now now you're home, and if you if you're still feeling this way, you do decide to leave coaching and train full time, you're back home instead of instead of quitting or resigning. And I'm, quitting is a bad term. Instead of resigning. And being out here in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, where I'm the only person you know and can't nobody help you get gyms, sending kids away. At least you're back home and you can get facilities and stuff like that. And it made sense. And I, I just 
I told my wife, like, I think that was the good man just telling me, like, all right, bro, this is what you want to do. Take the damn job and go coach at Southeastern. Now you're in your own backyard. Uh, and that's how I got back uh, back home. And then I started working at Elevate, which is a training company. We train kids as early as five, all the way to high school, college. Um, and I, I put together all of the workouts for all of the groups. I lead some of the older groups. Any camps we do, I'll put the workouts together for the camps. If we have a clinic, I'll put the workouts together for the clinic, supervise the league. So it, it helps me stay attached to the game. You know, we have our leagues. If I, you know, if I, I don't have an issue to coach anymore, but I do get to coach the kids in the league. So I can pull out the clipboard and help them out. Um, I think I think the most rewarding part about about this is that I get to I get to carve out a lane that I didn't think was that wasn't here when I was when I was in high school. Cause y'all know there was no training. Like training wasn't a big thing when uh when we were coming up. Everybody, you know, I, I was actually telling this story to somebody earlier. Like when Allen Iverson crossed over Michael Jordan, there wasn't a YouTube channel to teach us how to do that crossover. Or there wasn't any trainers saying, like, let me teach it to you. We just grabbed the nearest basketball and everybody went to the street, to the park, and just learned how to talk themselves how to do it, you know, play one-on-one. And I, But I do think that if there was somebody who, who could help hone some skills, a lot of us would be better off. So I always say, like, I would, I, I'm here to, to kind of do that. So Chris, if, or Lido, if you guys are high school, let me, you know, I just want to start teaching you things that you need to know when you walk on a college campus. You know, I don't need, you don't need to walk on a college campus and not know how to, you know, come off a ball screen or set your man up to come off a ball screen or, you know, know a certain angle, how to set on a down screen or, you know, what reads to make if you're a point guard out of pick and roll, because we, I recruited a lot of kids from the city that didn't know how to do that. And I was like, I was like, no, that that's not right for kids, at least out of our city. Can't speak to anybody else's city, but I don't want kids out of our city as long as I'm responsible and I can help to walk on a college campus and not be able to know that type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's the rewarding part of trying to figure out how to, you know, get these kids' brains moving to where when they walk on a college campus, you know, a point guard knows how to read a tag defender. You know, uh, a guard who drives baseline knows how to throw a drift pass or big who, you know, big knows where the dunker spot is, stuff like that, that, you know, I know that a lot of people don't know that terminology. So I try to impart some of that into them kids, you know, when it's time to get to that level. I, uh, I appreciate, you know, every time we talk, man, I feel like I'm, I'm talking to family. Like, honestly, you, you always got a good word for me. Um, you know, we, we, we may not talk every day. We may not talk often, but when we do talk, you know what I'm saying? It feels like it's impactful. <clears throat> and I don't, I do want you to know as soon as this baby is born, uh, three months, I'm, I'm, I'm giving it to you. Uh, <laughs> I know you got a good word for me. You know what I'm saying? Cause, cause it's, cause I'm, I'm giving it a basketball as soon as it's born. Like we, we, we ready girl or boy, but it is. I, I appreciate, I appreciate you telling us how you got to where, you know, how you got to where you are and, and, and how you got to what you're doing. But I want to take it back. I want to take it back to young Mike in the 13 ward. How did you, who did you pattern your game after? Right. Who did you decide? I want to play like that. And, and who were some of the people coming up in the city that you saw that you thought were good enough to, you know what I'm saying? 
get to the next level. But like you said, we didn't have that. We didn't have that training. We didn't have that 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 type of hand to get us there. Come, I when I was little bitty, my uh, I, I used to watch Uncle Skeet a lot. He went to Kennedy. He went to Kennedy. Played for Brian uh, Brian Gibson. It was and they had, yeah. they, had a, they had a squad. You know, High Flight had him, Charles, Marcel, Scott. You know, you wanted to see dunks and stuff. It's ridiculous. Um, so I, I wanted to be like my uncle Skeet, bad. He wore number 32, so I wore number 32. Um, and then as I started approaching high school, I went to Coin, but I, I already knew Greedy and Dino because my dad coached Dino and my granddad coached Greedy. So I had been watching them dudes all the time. So naturally, I gravitated towards them because I'm about to be a Coin Green Hornet. But I've been knowing them dudes since I was since I was a little bitty. Them dudes was animals, like you know, Greedy was the athlete, and obviously Greedy one that that went that went the furthest out of the two of them. But I, I knew I knew Dino a lot more on a personal level because Dino used to spend nights at our house, and then they all used to get in the van and drive to uh, to AAU tournaments. So I spent a lot of time with Dino, and I learned court vision from him. I learned poise from him. Dino, I never watched Dino. I never saw him get panicked on the court. I never saw him fuss at anybody. Um, always made the open shot, made the right pass. And that's one person that my granddad is a tough, tough critic. But my granddad, he loved, he loved Dino a lot. And when my granddad can speak highly of you, he done did some stuff. Uh, so early on, it was it was my uncle, and then my dad too. My dad was a shooter. He didn't play any defense, so I didn't, I couldn't relate to him that much because my dad was, you know, a, a lot of people like. Yeah, Mike, can you shoot the ball like your daddy? Because, you know, if they had three-point line, he'd average 40 points at Suno or 50, however much it was. Um, but he didn't play no D, and I was I was totally the opposite of him. Um, but once I got to high school and I started taking it, like, super serious as far as getting recruited and stuff like that, Jason Kidd was my favorite player. Um, again, it goes back to the court vision, you know, being a team player, defense, obviously. I picked 32 because of him, so it just – you know, went from Skeet being 32 to J. Kidd being 32. And I, I wasn't a great shooter, so we had that in common as well. Um, so Jason Kidd was my favorite. And I think I was the only person in the city of New Orleans that was a J. Kidd fan. Everybody else was Kobe and Shaq, Allen Iverson, Vince Carter. I was J. Kidd, like a weirdo. <laughs> but he went to the finals twice, so it made me look good when I was rooting for him. So, so Mike, um, one of the things I, I – and we're going to talk about it at, at some point. We will dive deeper into the Pelicans. But the reason I brought you on here and the reason that, I mean, most people come on here is, I mean, I, I feel like there are people that are influencing the youth, specifically in the city or in the region, that, you know, deserve their flowers. And, you know, people need to hear, like, this story for somebody who might be the next Mike Cyprian, whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, but what is interesting to me is that, you know, you could have you could have went. You had enough connections to go and coach in a lot of other different areas and change the, you know, the youth of other different cities or counties. You chose and wanted it to be in the city. You chose for it to be in New Orleans. Um, and I felt like. That was always important to me. I remember I, I used to tell myself, like when I was the the minute I moved, I 
I didn't know what I was going to do, but before I left the earth, I wanted to have an opportunity to do something positive for the city that they raised me, they made me. Um, mm -hmm. What is it? Coaching basketball is one side of it. The love of the game is another. But what is it about specifically being able to help frame and, you know, push kids coming from all different types of background in New Orleans in positive directions? What when I, I think I think speaking selfishly, when you when the kids that look like the three of us, uh, when when I come in contact with them. I try to obviously you want to relate to them. You got to relate to them at some point to get them to to get them over on your side. So they'll start listening to you, whether it be through music, whether it be you grew up in the same hood, go to the same school. Oh, my dad know your dad because you know in New Orleans everybody related somewhere. Yeah. Online is so small. Yeah. Um. But I I think I think my biggest the, the thing I I try to do the most when I'm I try to use training to get these dudes to understand life like everybody you know it's, it's dope that some of the dudes our coach uh you know have kids and they circle back and say like yo coach sip you made me a monster when my little girl or when my little boy get older i want to put them with you because we used to have conversations on these road trips about just like this crap is bigger than basketball and it, it it's not cliche because y'all we come from some of the rough places in the world where you know not a lot of people had those same conversations with or, or they, they delivered that message but they didn't deliver it that way you know, they, you know, we, we heard it sternly to where it get, you want to tune it out because you're like, why are you talking like that? But every now and then, you know, in the heat of battle, you got to be able to keep some perspective and, and pull a dude to the side and all right, well, go ahead and vent, bro. Get it all out your system. Call me whatever you need to call me. And when you're ready to talk, you need to talk. And then the next day we can have a, we can have a more, more cordial conversation. And I can let you know, like, look, you can't, you can't let them people see you act this way. Cause what if there's a CEO of a job of, of a, of a company across the way and he sees you acting like an idiot, you know, those people pay attention to you, even though you got a basketball uniform on, they want to see how you react in these intense environments. And if you can keep calm in an intense environment, like you can't tell me that you grew up in the hood, you know, and you heard gunshots and you survived, but then you're going to come in this arena and let somebody call you a punk, make you lose your mind. Like that, that, that don't add up. Um, but I think, I think helping these kids keep perspective and help them know, like, I'm more than, if you want me to be, I don't ever, I don't ever, you know, force myself on anybody. If you want me to be in that, in that role in, or in that space in your life, you know, we can talk about stuff other than basketball. You know, I'm, I'm here for, and that, and then a lot of, a lot of our kids need that because a lot of our kids don't have that. It's a lot of, it's a lot of, uh, the good thing is where I train that we have a lot of two parent household, kids from two parent household, moms and dads are in the gym, but every now and then we get some single parents, you know, some single moms or some single dads coming in there. And, you know, I, I try to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm dapping them kids up. I'm showing them a little extra love because they probably not getting that. They're not getting an extra amount at the crib when they go back home. Um, so when, you know, when I'm, when Chris, when you talk about um, you know the positives of of what I'm outside of making a kid, you know, if a kid has a bad left hand and you see that left hand getting better, you know, you can kind of see them get more confident when their left hand gets better, or if they finally figure out like, 
a move, they've been struggling with it, and they figure out the move. You can kind of see how in their movement that they're a little bit more confident because they understand it now. Them kids, you know, when they come in the gym, a kid that comes to the gym for the first time is kind of timid, standoffish, and then like the fifth time they come in, they're like, "Yo, I coach this face one on one." Now you know, like, all right, this dude looks like me, and this dude wants the best for me, so I can feel comfortable. I can be myself around him. I like that a lot. Um, and you're just using the game to kind of get to just trying to to kind of to get that from uh, Javi. You know, like Lito, you write music, so you can. You can use music to get a kid, um, to get a kid to get on that same level with you. However, whatever your vice is, it just mine is basketball, and I understand that the city is the city's rough. Like you know, the mid '90s was was brutal, but it's rough right now. So a lot of these kids, especially a lot of our kids that come in that's from these environments, they need to be hearing as much positive stuff as as you can give them. You know, say well when they leave, maybe if they got somebody in the hood that's trying to get them to come to the streets and they got training that night. They're like, nah, I'm going to see Coach Ship tonight. You know, I, I know when I see Coach Ship, you know, all is well with the world because I know he came from where I come from, but he not out here doing the same crap. So I just try to keep that in perspective when uh when I'm when I'm engaging with these kids. Like, you know, if you can't like if we tell you get back to the line with two minutes on the clock and you late, you owe me push up. Because if your mama at the house tell you cut the game off by eight o'clock, What's going to happen at 8 o'clock if she run in that room and you ain't got the game off? We're going to get punished? I'm like, you're probably going to get worse. <laughs> so we got to make sure we parent, we got we got to make sure we kind of enforcing that, uh, those same types of principles for the trainer. Man, Mike, I want to give you, I want to, I want to say this. Um, everything you're doing, you know what I'm saying, from, you know, the community, helping the community, because I mean, that's what it is, bro. Like, you're helping the community. Like this is it's a basketball thing for sure, but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you molding minds, you you making you making good humans. You know what I'm saying? And 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 you know we give people their flowers for all different types of things. Like in my eyes, from your story, right? You doing the same thing Spitter did, right? Spitter is a, is a hometown hero, right? You 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 doing it the same way, except you doing it with a basketball. And with right. and, and and in my eyes, like you getting a lot. For, you can get you can get as far. As far as like helping mold the next mind, helping mold the next generation, man, you had a conversation, you know, in the DMs, you know, about music, and mm -hmm. you know, what I'm saying, you know, I know you remember that, and we were just, it was, you know, I told you, it's a community thing. It's not, it's mm -hmm. not a, it's not a one-off thing. It's like I gotta help you, you gotta help me. Like each one, teach one, everybody makes one, and that's exactly what you're doing, right? And I just want to give you your flowers for that because, appreciate it. Appreciate nah, bro, nah, real shit. That's important. That's important. Like everybody. Everybody can 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 say what they want, but the real the real skill is putting the action behind it, right? And that's what you're doing. So shout out to you. But I got a question, yo. So like when they come in there and you train them, you know what I'm saying, and and, and they feel better about themselves and they hit you with that, hey coach, you want to play one on one? Work. A lot of times it's the smaller kids because they don't know any better. <laughs> you, know, cause, you know when. We're not when, when I demonstrate the moves, it's like a two second demonstration where I can just kind of show off like I still got it, but they don't believe that they don't. Yeah. It's you know like when you little bitty and you don't you don't you you know your your dad can hoop, but you like let me go ahead and test his test him real quick, and he literally got to like put you in a post the whole time and then I'll, well you about you you posting me up you supposed to I'm like well don't talk crap next time so 
from time to time, for every every five or six kids that say, say, coach, that's 1v1, I'm like, all right, bro. And then I got to, you know, I got to go ahead and first, I, you know, I'm shooting long shots. You know, Mondays we train shooting, so I'm, we're doing form shooting. So <laughs> I'm like, what was this jump shot when I was in college? Why do I, why would I not shoot like this in college? Why did not? And so they like, well, well, you train us every day. Coach is supposed to make that shot. And I'm like, well, why would you ask him to play one-on-one then? <laughs> if you know this. And then on Wednesdays is our attack academy. So I'm like, well, we can only go to the bucket. So I don't, I can't move downhill super fast. <laughs> you gotta tell me I'm like, I, I work the mid post on them. I get my Paul George on. Well, you supposed to post, you can't post a sub coach. I'm like, no, nah, I, I can't shoot jump shots. I didn't, no rules. I can't post you up. So, yeah, Lito, to answer your question, I, I'll deny the first four. But to say that fifth one, you got to get the business. And I'll do it in front of the other ones. Like, the other ones got to be watching. So when they like, they see me doing you bad, then they like, you know what? I'm going I'm to let, let them live today. I'm not going to even mess with them. Like, I'm going to ask them some extra questions now. <laughs> that's community outreach. Yeah. <laughs> each one, each one. Just get a full pack, baby. <laughs> so, Mike, I do want to. Um, this is more of a Pelicans related question, but it also dives into your uh, your time coaching. So, and I say I save these kind of questions for you know for for certain people because I mean, like there's. Off the top of my head, there's at least well, there's more than three people, but there's three people that have any type that have connection in the city somehow, whether they whether they're in media, whether they're culture, whatever the case may be, that I talk to regularly on Twitter or through text or whatever, you know, that just I feel like they lap me with like basketball knowledge, experience, so on and so forth, right? So that's off the top of my head is Antonio Daniels, is David Grubb, and is you, right? So, um, that's high praise right there, dog. <laughs> well, well, I mean, off the top, just just the people that like you know that like I deal with the terms that you know that you that you throw out. Basketball is just like you could tell certain people when you talk to them, like bro, this this motherfucker that had a basketball in their hands since they was three years old. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, you like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just the slang terms that are used, things that only that people that have spent a ridiculous amount of time with mm-hmm. a basketball, watching basketball, playing basketball, could really know to understand. Um, so I did want to, I did want to say that. Shout out to Grub and AD. At one point, we got to get everybody, everybody on. He just, just talk, you know. As we were saying before, I hit the record button. Sometimes, bro, just. just I don't want to talk basketball, but the question is, so the Pelicans are five and five right now. And, you know, um, expectations and injuries and bad performances, good performances, however, however you look at it. The other side to that with observers, some media, some fans. They want change, right? And they want it to happen just like that. They want adjustments right away. But the reality to that is that if it's just, it's never that simple, right? No. So, so my question is coming from your perspective and your time in coaching, how, how do you view or how did you view changes, 
tweaks, adjustments, um, whether it came with players, whether it came with rotations, whether it came with, um, you know, additions or subtractions. How is that viewed versus the quick take and the immediate, you know, uh, I guess, instant moves that fans and people from the outside want? How is it viewed from your perspective? As it pertains to the Pels, my observation is a lot of a lot of people, while a lot of a lot of fans, and I, I don't follow every fan, obviously, on Twitter, but the ones that I interact with and I just kind of see through my scrolls and stuff like that, spent a lot of time, and I said it in the spaces, spent a lot of the offseason excited, as you should have been. But with that excitement came a lot of smack talking. And when you, you know, when you, when you, when you talking a lot and, and what a lot of the talking we did came some, some unrealistic expectations to the point where you have guys that are saying like, we're not as, as good as y'all think or as good as y'all want us to be. And then there comes the, there comes the pushback with the, you don't want the team to be great. No. And I think, I don't, maybe Lito or, or maybe Grubb said, no, it's because I want the team to be great that I'm saying this. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. And that's why I'm always of the mindset of, especially with, especially with NBA basketball, I'm like, let's give it a month. I literally told one of my best friends, he's like, Mike, man, we on deck. We do this, da, da, da. I'm like, wait a month, man. Wait a month. You need a, you need a sample size. And... Yeah, we we in game. We going to game what eleven of an eighty-two game season, and no no team at this point is a finished product. So there should be no extreme reactions, whether negatively or positively. At the at the college level, at the college level, you kind of you kind of you kind of have you got three seasons just like the NBA, but it's it's, it's extremely compressed because you got your preseason where if you at the D one level, you're gonna go play the high majors. You're going to play them money games where they pay you to come and get smacked by 20, 30, 40 points. And those games are, are all about, you know, getting getting some guys some big game experience, um, getting some guys get some guys seeing some stuff away from the crib. Like if you're from New Orleans and you've always been an LSU fan and you sign a Southeastern, maybe, you know, coach or schedule a LSU game as a non-conference game. Now you get to play in the Maravich Center, you know, and all your family get to see you play in the Maravich Center. You don't have – you don't have expectations. Now you're going to prepare to win. But as a staff, we like, yo, fellas, let's just get through this game without injury. It's probably going to get bad, you know. But we got to make sure that these guys understand that we're playing for March. We're not playing for the end of this 40 minutes. It's the same thing with same thing with these Pels fans. We are playing for June. But with I, I literally looked at the standards earlier, Chris. Some of the teams that are behind us are the teams that will pick to be ahead of us. Temples are behind us. Um, Minnesota's not, Minnesota wasn't picked ahead of us, but some of the teams that are behind us. The Warriors. The Warriors. Yeah. I, if we're panicking now, what do you think? What the hell do you think? And, and, and I would, I would yeah. venture to say and the Warriors have real problems. Like they have legit problems. They let go Otto Porter, GP, GP2, like dudes that like have had impact on their defense. Yep. And they're seeing that. It, the offense isn't the problem. Defense is the problem. And they let go of some guys that impact that. We returned a lot. And and returning everybody, I, I still th- – like Trey, Trey's, Trey's dealing with a bigger role on a team that has actual expectations. 
Jose dealing with a bigger role on a team that has actual expectations. It's we're not the we're not the cute little hey we made the play-in story anymore. We're like we're part of people's scout reports now. Like you you can't say yes I can shoot and then shoot the ball well and don't think that coming into the season people are going to be closing out to you a little bit harder. People saw Trey Trey Murphy working out, so a lot of people don't want to get embarrassed. And I think I think. The fans started reading press clippings a little too much, which fans would do that. And I, I generally think that some of the guys, you know, some of us started reading the press clippings a little too, a little too much. People have stuff to prove and people want to win. And I don't, I don't disagree that, that the Pills guys don't want to win. But I do think that, I do think that from a coaching perspective, to me, it just, it looks like, it looks like we still, CJ, BI, and Zion still haven't figured out how to coexist early on it's a lot of my turn your turn my turn your turn um okay you took three shots in a row let me get a touch now and i don't get a touch so now it's impacting my defense i see a lot of that and fans have to see that you have to get out of your you have to get out of your you you take your rose colored glasses off and see that like you can't you can't you can't be so high on the team that that you're only saying well, we're only 10 games in. We still got 72 games left. Okay, so what are you going to do when we're 40 games in and we're still playing 500 basketball and the Warriors have figured it out? And now they, they're five games ahead of us. And the Suns have extended the lead. The Clippers, Kawhi magically gets his, his knee starts feeling better. Now they're ahead of us. You know, you can't – at some point, you got to cut off the – we still have 40 – I mean, 60 games left and be like, no, let's get this – let's get this here and start plucking these teams off now. But – but to answer your question, Chris, the the early the early part, the, the first third of the schedule was all just about learning and growth and managing stuff, managing managing injuries, um, figuring out who you can trust when it's nut cutting time. Uh, you know, yeah, we would figure out rotations going into the first two games of conference play, and at that point, we've already played almost a third of our season. Um, but you hope that by middle of league play, you've cut your rotation down. Some of those guys that, that haven't been able to play or some of those guys that maybe not meet expectations, you play them spot minutes, but you're rolling with your guys halfway through conference because you got you to gotta know who you can go to your conference tournament and win one game per day with. Because now once you get to your conference tournament, one time you're out, you can't play 10 deep. So um, th- this, this, third, this third of the season, it can, you know, the first third of the NBA season, Let's say the first thirty games, it can it can, fans can fans can definitely get a little lax with expectations, and you can be like, all right, well, we fifteen to fifteen, we straight. Like, no, we're not, bro. We're <laughs> not because it'll be it'll be late March, early April before you know it, and we're on the outside looking in, and we're back to where we were last season, fighting for a play in, because we we did the whole we got eighty two we got seventy two games left. Oh, we just we still got sixty games left. Oh, it's the trade let, trade deadline. We finally gonna make a move, but maybe it's too late. You know, um, fans lack perspective. It's hard to it's hard to it's hard to get that. And I try to keep in perspective. That's why that's why coming into any season, no matter how good, no matter what what pickups, what moves the team make, you know, what guys look like they're ready to take the next leap. And the practice I went to, Trey Murphy looked good. First thing I text my brother was like, "Yo, Trey's like that. Yo, Jose is like that." You know, and some of the some of the the bickering and complaining about those two guys need more minutes is justified. But we don't know what's going on inside that that gym 
on uh on airline we don't know what's the situation we don't know how much control willie has over that you know there's some stuff that comes from the ivory tower that he can't control that actually goes on so you know i don't want to play the wait and see but i'm not i'm not gonna get too panicky or too i'm not gonna do too much complaining until we're like a month maybe a month and a half into the season where we got a legit maybe 15 game sample size then you're like all right trade deadline's coming he gotta go he gotta go because now we got to really ramp it up and start winning five to seven games in a row. Start getting these chunk, you know, start knocking these games out the way so we can start separating ourselves from people behind us or uh, nipping at the heels of the people in the top four or five. Because by then, people will start, some of these teams will start being who they really are. Man, <clears throat> Mike, I don't know if you've ever been in the pulpit before, man, but. Um... No. <laughs> Swear, man, you you was just preaching. I, you know, I, I like to. It, it's it's hard when you. We're we're obviously all fans of the game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying like I I I give my life up to watch basketball every night, no matter who playing. You be kids on the corner shooting the basketball. I'm gonna be giving them perspective, watching. You know, what I'm saying form, looking at form. Right. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying like they really don't Take elbow, dog. Take <laughs> yeah, you know, what I'm saying? yeah. And, and it, it's hard. It's hard being a person who has to. Uh, coming on the team because you know why why you have to be a fan you still have to give a realistic expectation of the yeah. things that you see and i think that like you know also like the perception is where you sit and what you're looking at and i think if you if you like you say if you came into the season and you expected them to be at a certain place well yes you are disappointed right now if you're looking at uh-huh. five, right but if you're looking at a team that's still very young still has a long way to go as far as growth and continuity, still has a long way to go as far as defined roles for certain players, then five and five is, you know what I'm saying? It's all right. It just depends on what you Mm -hmm. say. But Mm -hmm. I want to ask you this. I know we 10 games in, but I want my my early NBA prediction from you because I'm going to draft Kings as soon as we finish with this based on what you're telling me. No. (laughs) Who – who you got? What to? What teams have caught your eye basically in the in the ten games that we have seen? What two teams you see maybe going to the finals? Uh I think I think Milwaukee's legit. That's mm-hmm. the one team. Uh, that's the one team that that if if again I don't I don't I don't do a whole lot of further far down the line stuff as you know, especially with the NBA being so long. But Barn. Barring health, Milwaukee's legit. I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody saw Brooke Lopez being this, this good defensively. Um, and Drew's playing out of his mind. Drew's playing out of his mind. Um, and this is without, this is without Middleton, too. They're manufacturing points without, without basically the second, the second best player, at least second best scorer, if right. not. Uh, I mean, because obviously Middleton not going to bring what a lot of them guys bring on um on the defensive end but i don't i didn't i knew milwaukee was was gonna be good because Giannis is is at that level now where where young lebron was where you just put that dude on any team and immediately they'll just you can pencil them in to at least the conference finals that's how good but but them other dudes around them uh have gotten better and like i said barring health milwaukee's gonna be there in the end uh I was listening to something earlier. It said the West is wide open, and I couldn't agree more. 
because none of I literally had a back and forth with somebody after watching us play Utah. And I was like, are y'all sure Utah's tanking right now? And <laughs> something was like, yo, I think Danny Ainge is pissed off that they're not tank that they're not losing. Like, no, Utah's Utah might be legit. And yeah. I, I remember watching Auburn last season, everybody was gushing over over Jabari Smith. And I, I told uh, one of the Pelican scouts Pelican scouts from Cool, and I'm like, Walker Kessler's gonna be a good NBA player because because there's nothing better in the NBA than than a big dude like that who can get in the way, but not get in the way because he's goofy, but get in the way because he knows how to get in the way. And I just remember watching watching us play the Jazz, and he was making you know JV was dominating the glass, but Kessler was in there and. JV couldn't do nothing with that dude, you know, because he's big, he's as long, but he's way more mobile. And we getting this, we getting that drop coverage ball screen, and JV's trying to trying to keep the guard in front. And meanwhile, Kessler just moseying on to the basket. Shot goes up, and all of a sudden, you just see his just come out and grab, grab the ball from out of nowhere. And and I, I've always been a fan of Laurie Markkinen. He just couldn't stay healthy. But what what he's doing. Right now, don't surprise me because I liked him. I liked him a lot when he was in college at Arizona. Yeah, he just a lot of these dudes are good. Just can't help like Colin Sexton. He was unhealthy. Darius Garland was waiting in the wings. They made a move, and now Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton's healthy, and Colin Sexton is what the NBA is now. You know, big, strong, shifty guards who can put a lot of rim pressure on your team. Straight line drives, and then. Clarkson's the same way. He's been who he always was, you know, microwave scorer in the starting role. And them dudes play hard. Um, and that's, you know, if you got a good combination of, I mean, Milwaukee and Utah are kind of similar in that you got dudes who can put it in the basket, but those same dudes who put it in the basket play hard as hell. You got a recipe for a pretty good team. Um, and I think that's why Utah, because now, now Utah's starting to get confident. They're like, yo, we're not, we're not tanking. I don't know what the hell y'all was thinking about. And and ironically, you know, they moved Rudy, and Minnesota's struggling. People thought that okay, well they they lost Rudy, it's gonna be a big drop off. Minnesota's struggling, they can't get that figured out. Now Danny Ainge looks like a genius because now he he can play the probably the same card that Willie played with some of our guys. Dude, y'all are castaways. Nobody likes y'all. Nobody's giving y'all a chance. Laurie, they left you for dead. Chicago dealt you. You know, Colin Cleveland gave up on you for them other two dudes. That's you know, Walker, I mean, Walker Kessler was defensive player of the year. We gush over her being a defensive player of the year in the SEC, but Walker was the national defensive player of the year. Like, so what you're seeing from him on the defensive end shouldn't surprise you. That stuff translates. You know, not everybody can score it, but if you got those defensive instincts and, and again, you got effort, you know, and you get put around some guys who can do a lot of stuff well that you don't do, then – you gonna have to do that can play. I like Milwaukee a lot. Um, I mean everybody's in the mom saying it, but whew, I mean I think Brooklyn. I think Bobby Portis taking a big step offensively the last couple of seasons helps them. Uh, cause now they got another forward they can have in the rotation that can score it when Giannis is not playing. Mm -hmm. So now they got three dudes that play the forward for them that can go get you twenty five in any given night, and they all over six ten. Yeah, and they all play hard and they. Play relatively good defense. Bobby's a pretty good defender. Yeah. So now yeah. you can have Giannis and Brooke on the court. That's a hell of a front line. Or Brooke and Portis on the court. You can't. You can have trouble scoring on them. Or Giannis and Bobby Portis on the court. 
you don't have trouble scoring against them. Oh, and by the way, you know, they're making it hell for you on the perimeter too. <laughs> and they and they all play different too. Like that's the crazy part about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they yeah. all play different, all those fours. Chris, before you go, I got one follow up question for Mike on that. If you if you had one word you could tell Pelicans fans right now, just based on how the team is playing, what is the one, what is the word you would give them just to kind of you know, settle them or relax them or, you know, whatever. Oh, one word. Um, perspective. Perspective. Because um, we got a bunch of young dudes, like y'all alluded to it earlier. We got a lot of young dudes who are playing on a team with expectations now. Like, you know, the fans ask for national media respect, and now we're getting it. But what comes with national media respect, the other teams that we playing against have also been seeing that. You know, and the first five games, every podcast that I would listen to that's not y'all was like, Pelicans are fun, man. The Pelicans are great. They're coming, man. They're here. And this, that, and the third. There's a lot of people listening to the same thing. And, you know, you know how it is, man. You you live in – people want to knock you down if you, if you start getting a little too high. They start throwing rocks at you if you get a little too high. So, yeah. You know, fans got to keep perspective that, you know, people are, people are, I mean, I can't, pe- can't believe people still falling for the Jose GTA move, but they're, 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 they're going at him a little harder now. You know, they're making it a little tougher on Herb. Herb's getting, Herb's still getting officiated like some crap. I hate it. B.I.'s uh, getting bumped a little bit more. They're making it hard for Zion. Like, not, we got expectations now. So you got to understand that. We 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 can't operate like we were when we when we first got CJ, and and okay we're making this good we good this good postseason run, we're sneaking up on people. There's no more sneaking up on people now. Uh, um, so we just gotta have perspective, and if you can if you can have a little bit of that, it may relax you just naturally. You can sit back and say like, ah right, yeah, okay. Once we get that fixed, we may be okay. Um, and it also say like, now we need to get that fixed. Are we going to be in trouble? But you won't be too extreme what you're thinking. So Lito, Lito mentioned that he was going to take whatever, whatever predictions that Mike had to DraftKings afterwards. Why do that when you can do that right now? You guys didn't know. <laughs> NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball, we 10 games in, but we back. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook. It's the official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA money line bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. In addition to the usual bets, you can boost your winnings up to 100% with the DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. When you take one, you put it with another one, another one, another one. Next thing you know, you got about 10, 15 legs, and they, they might not all hit. But listen, you put them together, it might work out. Got <laughs> Simple, simple, simple than that. Payouts bigger than ever. DraftKings Sportsbook is where we go to bet on the NBA. So look, that thing that's under that little logo that's under Lido right there. It's right there. You, it's right there. All right. Use that code Boot. Download DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code Boot. Any five dollars this week, any five dollar bet you put in this week, and you get two hundred dollars in free bets. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Um. Hmm. Eligibility don't matter when you when you win parlays. Eligibility exactly. don't matter. Is is that simple? <laughs> but if you know anyone has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accepted or accessed by calling one eight hundred Gambler one 800 All right, 
So now we got that out of the way. I'm going to close out with a game that I played or that me and Lito had the had the chance to try out with uh with Mark Schindler. I know yeah, Cold Sip, you checked it out. Uh you you checked out that episode, so I appreciate it. <laughs> this game is called Your Life is on the Line. All right. So we did a lot of offensive centric questions in the first one. This one we're gonna do defense. So the the uh for those that are new, the the object of the game is I'm going to give a scenario and you got to pick, they got to pick a player that if their life is on the line has to, I, they have to make this object. Like they have to clear this objective. So we clear, we good. Yeah. All right. Good. All right. Mm-hmm. So, so the first one, Mike talked about it earlier, pick and roll drop coverage. What the Pelicans are doing right now, you got to get one stop and your life is on the line. What big would you pick to make this stop? In the drop coverage? In the drop coverage. What big do you want with your life being on the line? Uh, Probably Evan Mobley. Ooh. Like that. I like that. Lito? Yeah. Wow. Um, current bigs, right? Current bigs. <laughs> he playing drop in the 80s, playing drop covers. And you can't, you can't, you cannot pick Sips answer. You can't, you can't pick <laughs> you can't That's my OG though. I don't all right. Uh, <laughs> um Giannis. I can't hey, you can't go wrong. <laughs> Who do I who, who do I like? Evan, Evan and Giannis are really good. Um, AD, yeah. Even 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 right now today, I think I think he handles it well. I think um, I, huh? I said I was disagreeing. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think he, I think he handles drop. He handles drop really well. Um, is you know on both sides. I you know I always say when healthy, he's one of the best basketball safeties that uh i've seen you know in like a very long time so that would be my pick KG. yeah yeah um next one Lito, we're gonna start this one with you you got john moran open court full head of steam you gotta make the stop without fouling your life's on the line who you got to make that stop Yeah, that's a that's a full steam. Yeah. Um, I'm going with Giannis again. Thank <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. you, Giannis again. <laughs> yeah, Giannis go save my life, dog. Giannis. Giannis. Yeah. Giannis got drop coverage, and he got and he got the he got the full head of Steve John on a break. Coach Sip, who you got? No, oh, I was hoping you would have said that, dog. I was like, man, if this man don't say Giannis, I'm gonna blow his head off, man. This man is crazy. Uh, dang. I'll, I'll probably, I'll probably. This is gonna be this is gonna this is coming out of left field. Davion Mitchell. Ooh. 
Wow. I like Look that. Look out of left field. I like that. No, wow. I like Maybe that. Yeah, Mitchell, I like that. No, that's in left field, but the ball and play. That was that was <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah, I like if you can't if you have a big that can just block him, then sheesh. Good luck. Yeah. yeah. Um I mean if 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 um I mean, we know we gonna they gonna they gonna call the foul on herbs. I can't pick them. Yeah. <laughs> but if they mm-hmm. if they if they officiated them the right way, that would be my answer. Um, all right, let's let's move forward here. We got you need a guard to navigate through two screens to heavily contest a corner three. Nine times out of ten, he come across court. Coach Sip, what guard you picking? Back to back and going Davion again. Damn. His screen navigation is his 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 motor and screen navigation is this. Whether it be off ball screens or on ball screens is is elite. He'll be there on the catch. I gotta watch more Sacramento game. Nah, he he official. I mean he 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 legit dog. Yeah, I, I knew he was like that coming out of Baylor though. And I watched a few like last year, but I ain't got a chance to watch Sacramento too much this year because they Sacramento. But <laughs> I'm not. I'm not turning on a Sacramento Kings game. I don't have to right now. It's just not. He played good. He played good. He played, actually he played good D on stuff last night. Uh, to be honest, I, I was yeah. watching that game. Um, Who you got, Lido? Man, because you because you said corner three, because you said navigate screens through a corner three, I'm going with her. Because because that's his special. That's, that's 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 what he does now. If you just said if you just said top of the key three, I wasn't saying her. Okay, I like that. See, see, see. This why this why I like talking basketball because because maybe, maybe you know what I mean. Like not many other people I could have got up here would have would have thought of from that perspective. So that's dope. Uh, my pick, Drew Holiday. That's my pick. Um, you need to stop against Luca and ISO. Good luck with that. <laughs> it's a Luca ISO. You know he liked the he liked the setup from like that like that high. Wing area, he got he got the corner, he got the corner here. But if he decide he want to go over, he can. But he also, I mean, Luca crazy. But you need to stop against against a Luca ISO for your life. Lito, who you got? I'm gonna take a healthy Kawhi Leonard. Hmm. I don't know what a healthy Kawhi Leonard look like no more, but I ain't mad at that. I can remember a healthy one. I'm talking about right now. I, I, I'm talking about if he stepped on the floor healthy right now, I don't know what it looked like, but I ain't mad at that. All right, hold on, hold on. I could get, I could, I could redo it then. I could redo my answer. Sure. All right. I'm thinking I want some length. I, 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 want, I want a taller Kel. I'm going to go with me, Kel. Oh, <laughs> great minds think alike, buddy. It's, it's right there. Uh, I mean, you know, it's right there. Oh, man. Chuck, now I got to rethink my answer because we, can't, bad, we can't piggyback. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to step in. I got, uh, one. I got one before you give, you give you a little bit more time. My man. I'm going to get my dog. I'm going to get an underdog's love. I'm going with Lou Dort. Ooh. I'm going with Lou Dort, dog. Lou Dort don't fall for none of that bullshit. He don't. <laughs> He not falling for none of your fakes. He not falling for none of your. He not. He not handsy. You know what I'm saying? He got. You know. He's shifty back and forth. Matter of fact, I think. I think there was 
of I think they played earlier in the year, the Thunder and Dallas, and it was a few possessions where like Lou was on them and Luca had the ball for about seven minutes trying to get open. It just wasn't happening. They ended up in a couple air balls, but yeah, I'm gonna give Lou Dort the uh the nod for me. I'll go Drew. Yeah, I'm go Drew, because you gotta have somebody strong enough to where if Luca, you know Luca's gonna try to get to that mid post, that elbow area, and Drew, you won't bully him. And Drew's hands are quick enough. He can he can poke at the rock, uh, throw his timing off, and he still he can still contest it. You, you got to either have a long wingspan, somebody who won't get bullied, or somebody with good hands. Um, real shit, all, real shit. I, I wanted to say Giannis again, but I ain't want to. <laughs> 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 you know, you gotta say Giannis for all these fucking asses. Like it's not. Uh, <laughs> That's my picture, bro. I thought you was gonna yeah. say Paul George. Man, I, I was thinking about that, but I. I was too. I, don't, I was. I thought about. I don't know. I. I'm. I'm. The last time I really Kawhi. I, the really. The last time I really remember a healthy Kawhi. I think I saw him playing against Luca, and I'm. Not, I mean, obviously nobody's gonna make it very difficult for Luca because of like his skill set, but Kawhi was making him work because Kawhi mm-hmm. has all those abilities. I mean, he's got the big hands. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He has the. He has the base, and he's strong as fuck. So. Like, yep. You know what I'm saying? That's that that was the first like thing that popped into my head. Oh, yep. and, and Kawhi, Kawhi in a stance is is just is like it's like when we talking about perimeter defense, but you in a stance, it's not even like extra. You know how some some guards, some forwards, they gotta get really low. Yeah. Kawhi is like the motherfucker barely like 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 he's barely Bendy, you know what I'm saying? Derrick Henry, yeah. he played like Derrick Henry, it's, dog. It's, like he straight it's up. crazy, dog. It's like him, him and him and Pippen. Like we talking yeah. like, like it just, just those kind of. Like, what do you do with that when you got that? When you got that kind of wingspan, those hands, and you just, yeah, see. And the instinct, the instincts, though. You know what I'm saying? Because right. you can have those things, but the instincts to just, I don't know, man. Like I, w- I wish Kawhi, one of my favorite players, man. I really wish, um, I really wish him help. Hold, hold on, before we get out of here. Hold on, Lito. You break it up a little bit. I was asking Mike if he knew uh, Ivory Clark. Yeah, man. So that's my guy. That's my guy. First of all, I want to. We got to talk basketball with Ivory at some point. But man, Ivory is, bro. You talk about who a dude who a dude uh, Kawhi from like will yell his name from the rooftops. Bro, he believe in Kawhi. Like <laughs> he, he'll tell you, like, oh, when that Kawhi, Kawhi run happened in Toronto, yo, Kawhi the best player in the NBA. I don't care what you're telling me. That's my. <laughs> you couldn't tell a lot of Kawhi fans that either, boy. Yeah. All right. Well, Mike, this was this was dope, man. Before before we officially close out, man, tell the people that's listening what Head Tap Tuesday is, and tell us more about um film film don't lie. Um, some of the stuff associated that you're working on, any type of accessories that come with it. I've seen a book. I've seen a bunch of different. There's a, there's a logo. There's a bunch of shit here affili- affiliated with man. But for people that don't know, uh, kind of go into detail about those two things. Well, Head Tap Tuesday is just something I uh, that I so I started just to build up some engagement and give some people some love. You know, like so like sports in the top ten where you get the nastiest plays or whatever. 
Uh, and I, 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 crazy enough, it started because I was, I didn't know Pat Beverly had a podcast. And so I just, I don't know how I got to his IG account. And he showed a dunk. And he was like, oh, the hashtag was head tap. And I, I swear to God, I was watching it on a Tuesday. And I said, damn it, head tap Tuesday. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I just told all of the, like, because the, we're filming online, I, I focus on some of the, I don't focus on like the high major division ones and the, the kids who need, like, LSU kids are going to always be on TV. They're going to always be scouted because they, they're just a national name. But Southeastern kids, Nickel State kids may not. So I try to do stuff, you know, when I put reports together, try to do stuff on those kids and get their names out there to these scouts and agents I'm cool with. And But I also do film on live, you know, geared toward them, like for junior college kids today, just to show them some love. Because I coach in JUCO, so I can relate to them too. That you know, they're in these obscure cities. Nobody, 500 people in the town. You know, out of town, only black people you go see in that town gonna be on <laughs> on campus. So just to give them give them some love. Um, as far as film don't lie, you know, right now uh, I watch a lot of a lot a lot of synergy film. Uh, you know, go through and and. Coaches send me names. You know, I got some trainers that I'm cool with. They used to coach in post-grad. They like, hey, coach, you know, take a look at this kid. You may like him. And, you know, again, if I do like him and I do some background on him, put some stuff together, and I'm good with some scouts from the Pelicans, Magic, um, the Clippers, you know, stuff, you know, that scouts that I'm cool with from when my uncle worked with the Grizzlies, and he introduced me to them, and I just maintain those relationships. And, I threw the idea at them initially, and they were like, yo, this is good stuff. Um, NBA people won't pay for it because, you know, we get paid to scout, but it's always good to have extra names. You know, they always looking to add names. So I, I try to do that for the little guy. Because, um, you know, I walked on at Southeastern before I got a scholarship. So I, I do it for the ones that, you know, that got to do a little extra who path or a little bit, a little bit longer to get to where they want to go. Um, no accessories. My wife, actually, she got me. For Christmas last year, when I when I was serious about it, and I was like, I'm gonna take this, and I'm gonna, you know, she she it'd be like three o'clock in the morning. She was like, Bro, what are you doing? Come to bed because I'm watching film and stuff. I'm like a weirdo, you know. Christmas, she got me the book and she got me the shirt, and my brother was like, Mike, you need to, we need more gear, dog. And I had a couple coaches say like, Where can I get a shirt? So, like you said, Chris, once I stop being a a wuss and stop being so scared, I'm gonna figure out a way to just like market it and just be in your face with it uh, right now i'm just doing it off the passion i'm not doing it for monetary reasons I, I think if i was doing it for monetary reasons i'd be all up in everybody's face with it but i think you know the it's starting to bubble a little bit within me so i'll get some stuff out uh but for the most part dude i just i scout for the little guy naia division one some mid-majors um you know, Juco kids, if I think that, hey, man, in a couple of years, he's going to be good, I may send them, send some stuff on Juco kids to, to some scouts I'm cool with. And then, you know, head tap Tuesdays, man. You know, if you, you if you find a nasty dunk, send it to me. I'll make, make sure I give them some love and tag them and go from there. Even if you're at the park, you dunk on somebody, man. You know, you know, you, man, how much, you know what I mean? What you got? Oh, my you got, gone, cuz. Listen, gone. you got you you ain't got one more poster left in nah, you? Nah, man, my, my knee's gone, cuz. I, 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 you throw it up, you throw it up to me, I'm gonna come down with it, I'm gonna lay it up. Like, I, I, <laughs> I, 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 
man. You only got so many jumps, man. I use mine up. <laughs> you, better, you better get it back, dog, because that little one, when that when they start walking and running, over yeah. with. Yeah, man. I'm, oh, no, I got some work for them. I got some fundamental work for them. I got some skill. I, I wish the baby would talk shit to me. We, I'm, I'm ready at Look, I I got some game. I just can't run a bit. I can't. I ain't fast no more. How I used to. I can't get up and down. But my don't trip. As <laughs> soon as the baby two months old, I'm dropping them off at the camp. We 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 be there Monday and Wednesday. We we pulling up. But real, we real, active, baby. Real real spell. I'm I'm. I just wanted to say, man. Like, you know, you a son of the city, man. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of everything you're doing. If you need help with anything, like saying this about him, if you need help with anything, I got you. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, Already. A, like, that's a retweet. That's a post. That's a, a idea. You got an idea or something? Like, hit me. I got you. Well, me, me and Chris, we good at that. Yeah, I, I can tell. I can tell, man. I like I just told. Like, all right, I got to figure out a way if I'm going. I'm going to market it. You know what I'm going to do? What's the next step? The scouting stuff is is the easy part, yeah. even though it's time consuming. Uh, but you know, I, Chris, you and I spoke about it in DMs. Like, when you when you're doing it for when you. When you're not attached to it, it's it's fun because you can do it when you want to. Like if yeah. I decided not to do no more scouting, I don't think anybody would care. But you know, I just you know I had a conversation with a scout today about a kid, and that you know those 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 interactions remind me of like all right something, and then coming on here, you know, and y'all got a good platform and y'all giving me some time you know to shine. You know, I'm like all right, I so so this is this is something is manifesting. It just don't take as it's going to take a little bit longer than you may like. Um, but every now and then you need somebody to just kind of, you know, give you a little bit of, a little bit of jolt, a little bit of push to, uh, to get it started. Appreciate that, man. Listen, that, that, that's what, that's what, what's been my mission for the past two, three years. I mean, since I got any kind of, any kind of attention, I mean, it's, you know, it's really all about helping anybody that you can see doing something, doing damn near anything, anything positive, um and i'm addicted to giving um to shining a light on the Orleans. i just can't i can't get that out of me i mean that, that just, mm -hmm. that's, that's who i am at this point so i mean you know like leto said it's nothing and we're gonna we're gonna chop it up after this and chop it up you know throughout to figure out you know um you know i mean it's gonna be a bunch of a bunch of dms pressuring you and bullying you to get it you know oh, to figure oh, it out yeah, he done messed up now that's this what like, look, man. I mean, like we talked about it on the last on the uh, last episode with Jake. Lito, Lito called me and bullied me at like one thirty in the afternoon, like to force me to. Yeah, I listen to that. It was yep. what it was. You I know what I'm saying? But yep. yo, man, Mike, I appreciate you coming on, Coach Lito, as always. Yeah. Uh, like, subscribe. I never say that, by the way. Like, subscribe. Yeah. What else I'm missing? Share, pass it on. Yep. You know what I'm Love saying? <laughs> I love. Show my dogs love. In this space, we out.